Hey, the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible by Samaritas, which is the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. But they do a heck of a lot more than that. They've been serving homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They're also one of the largest resettlement agencies in the state. They provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families. And they also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas. Thanks for their support. Great organization doing great stuff all around the state. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the week that was here on Deadline Detroit. I'm Craig Folly, and of course, I am joined by Nancy Derringer and Alan Lengel of Deadline Detroit. Hello, hello. It's a pleasure to have you back. You know, I was gone last week. We were up on Mackinac, so we didn't get to do this last week, but I'm happy to do it this week. It's been crazy, uh, as usual. Lots of stuff going on. Um, and, and obviously we are deadline Detroit, but obviously what happens uh, with the president affects all of us, everybody in this great nation. So I would like to spend a little time recapping the visit of the president uh, to, of course, <sighs> Mother England and, of course, the shores of Normandy uh, that took place over the course of the last few days. You know, what was interesting to me is that, you know, he took time out of his busy schedule to trash Nancy Pelosi while he was over there. It was such a disgrace. Well, and people are saying that he shouldn't do that. And, and I thought to myself, well, this is on Laura Ingram's show. She's the one that threw the chum in the water on this one. I Fox don't News. Care. I don't the opportunity to do it. care. I am so disgusted with this, this behavior that, that comes out. And in a time like this, you know, our most important ally our most, um, you know, tweeting on the way over, tweeting, uh, you know, trash talk at the mayor of London, you know, spending time uh, during what should be a solemn observation of one of our great moments in the Western civilization that they're always claiming to, to care so much about to, to trash Nancy Pelosi and Bob Mueller. I mean, it's it's disgusting and it's disheartening. I mean, I feel like the wind is coming. Well, what, do you, what do you think of the Queen giving him a copy of Winston Churchill's book? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was not just symbolic. I What's mean, that was that was yeah, it was sure. sort of like, hey, maybe you should read. Yeah, <laughs> as, as if she has low expectation of how much of that book he's going to read. Yeah, I think probably so. I, mean, I, I thought it was hysterical that he said uh, about Vietnam. He says nobody even had heard of Vietnam. At, yeah. Well, at the time, like. Right. I, I actually tweeted something about that the other day. He's like, you know, I was never a fan of that war. That's yeah. why I didn't go. And I'm right. like, you know what? I was six weeks old and my dad got shipped off to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a yeah. fan either, but he served and he went and did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Cadet and, Bone Spurs did not, however. Well, yeah. th- that bothered me a little bit. I mean, because it should. it's the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Right. My grandfather served in World War II in the mm-hmm. Pacific Theater on a bomber out My there. father did. My husband's father did. And And it's just, you know... You've got these guys who are still alive up there, these you know, 90-something-year-old people who were involved in one of the most important military operations of all time. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're taking away from that saying, well, you know, hey, I, I'm serving now because I'm giving the military more money. It yeah. just – it was – everything about this was a bad look. It was, yeah. it was repulsive. And then taking – schlepping the entire – Family. Uh, family over there like it's some kind of i mean you know he, I, he wanted to have the kids his kids meet with like with the princes yeah play date i think that was you not even a play date i mean that's what that tells you is this is a man who considers 
himself appear his children to be peers to you know the the royal the the princes of of England which is well, and just a the, theoretically joke. in theory i mean the royals should not be above no other they're people. not of I course mean, not you know, we live in a democracy exactly. we we overthrew the royal but i mean for them he calls it a next generation meeting like you know like they're going to be like when this awful chapter don is junior. over john D- don, don junior 2040 and, and ivanka <laughs> and tiffany and all the rest of them are going to be remembered as any other than the toilet paper that he trailed up of, up the uh, the door of, of the thing the steps of Air Force One. Sorry, and but you know that's what I think of them as. I saw that picture of the five of them, you know, and the and the spouses standing there before the state dinner. It just it's oh. I can't. Now, I can't. getting back to the important matter of the week. But how do you feel? Really, how do you feel about <laughs> that? Yesterday was the 75th anniversary of, yes, of the Normandy invasion. I mean, right. and, and it it felt a little bit different this year, uh, just mm-hmm. because of you know I, maybe it's those those big anniversaries sort of make it seem that way. But I mean, I think that knowledge that five years from now, most of those people who are sitting well, there behind the president. Who actually, the president did do a good job in the speech portion of that yesterday, I thought, in, in honoring a lot of these guys and their stories. Um, did he use the word phenomenal, it's, fantastic? It's the bare minimum. Unbelievable? Okay. But but these guys was, are not going to be here next time. No. I mean, and that's that's Maybe. kind of the 50th. Yeah, I mean, the will. 50th anniversary of any major event, you know, whether it's the Detroit uh, civil unrest of 1968. 67. Um, I'm sorry. You're right. 67. Um, you know, the release yeah. of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. You know, anything Also 67. That, <laughs> <laughs> anything that you can you – know, 50 years is kind of like that is the peak because – and after that, people start dying off. And now we have, like you said, I mean, the guys who are left – who um who who participate in that are, are there's very a hundred year old guy that parachuted out of a plane to I recreate his hundred and first airborne experience ninety seven from I that I mean, ninety seven uh, if well. you're gonna pick if you're gonna nitpick my dates I guess to nitpick yours but still I thought that was a neat gesture and the guy right. when he gets down on the ground said you know what if if they sent me over there now I'd do it all over again yeah I'm I sure. mean that just shows how seriously they took what they were doing my husband's father who um we did not marry until after he died so I can't call him my late father in law but I guess he would have been my late father in law. Um, was an infantry paratrooper in uh, all over Europe, and you know he won three Purple Hearts. And uh, you know I don't like to speak for the dead, but I think he'd be about as disgusted with um, the current state of affairs as well, anyone. One person who is not disgusted with our current president is our former mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. This is our <laughs> top story. This is our top story on Deadline this week. This and letter. kudos, kudos to uh, our fearless leader <laughs> for right. getting that. Uh, he sends this letter to Donald Trump trying to appeal to him to maybe get a pardon or something. Yeah. Um, but the way that this is written, and this is the part about this that I think is just great. It says, quote, I first want to congratulate you for the overwhelming and stunning victories of your presidential campaign and also the unprecedented success of your first two years in office. You have shaken up the entire world, and that is a great thing to behold. Okay, Kwame Kilpatrick was a Democrat, uh-huh. first of all. Yeah. Um, I, have you read anything? This is like, it, it, this it is really like watching, an, watching news... Smithers on but The you Simpsons. Know, you know it, it does. He had, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's also he full of grammatical and punctuation. Yeah, well, I mean, here. it clearly <laughs> is you know, pandering to a guy who clearly loves to be applauded and, and stuff like that. And here I think one of the funnier paragraphs here is really hitting home. He's trying to say, you and I are simpatico yeah. here. He goes, the feds opened their investigation against me in February 2002, just one month after I took office. The feds are politicians 
They choose sides in elections. They didn't want me to win. I wasn't their choice. I ran a grassroots, people-driven <laughs> campaign and shook up the establishment. I beat them twice. I know you know a great deal about this. <laughs> and that was, I thought, in some ways brilliant. Because yeah. he's really yeah. just saying, hey, you and I, you know, look, we got a lot, got in, a lot in common. Yeah. Except you're in the White House and I'm in a federal <laughs> prison in, in New Jersey. For another 20 years. I mean, you know, yeah. and and, uh, and it's looking like he doesn't – this is his really his last shot of, of reducing his sentence in any way. Well, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, I, I think I think once – I mean, he's – you know, he tries to imply in, in, in his letter that he's been in prison for almost eight years when it's really almost six years. Yeah. But I would think if you get up to 10 or 15 years, I think some president might say, all right. What's what's the point yeah. of this? And I agree. I, I think the sentence was was too severe. Twenty eight years. I don't know what the point is of that. But I mean, he's he's exhausting all his appeals on. You know, he just got knocked down again on a ruling yesterday by by Judge Edmonds. Uh, he's not getting anywhere on his appeals at all. No. And uh, I don't think he's going to win on that front. But at some point, someone may say, "Yeah." 28 years, what's the point? This guys he's an old man already. He's really given away a lot of his life. So, yeah. Um, However, I think that's his best hope yeah. at this point. Or if he gets sick. I, I mean, always a, this letter, like you said, this is kind of Smithers in a, in a chalk stripe suit. I mean, it really is something. And I'm, I'm also struck by how, how badly punctuated it is. Well, well. And if you have not read this, if you have not read this letter, go to Deadline Detroit. It's Again, it's right under the section that says most read, just so you can read it and see just how pandering this whole thing is. And, uh-huh. and uh, he does, though. He is brilliant about hitting the right strokes on the Look, if you're going to ask the President Trump, for a break, you have to write a letter. You have to craft it in this way. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, you know, look, the, the guy is easily flattered. Right. And he, you know, he understands that. Yeah. Uh, another story that uh, top of the page today that's out there right now here on Deadline Detroit is uh, over concern about a potential serial killer on the east side of Detroit that mm-hmm. seems to be targeting sex workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three different... Three different murders that we know of at this right. point. Bodies all recovered in abandoned houses in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the community seems to be up in arms, suggesting that maybe the mayor and the police chief have not exactly been forthcoming about what's really happening over there. There's a lot of concern. Yeah, I think so. And I think there was um, it was only just a couple of weeks ago that um, the police chief was um, dismissing concerns that there was. Of course, there was a that was a rumor that, you know, he said was untrue. But, you know, I think that. At the street level, people tend to pick up on these things maybe a little before the police do. And I think people were aware that something like this was happening. Of course, being a sex worker, particularly one who kind of, you know, like this, it's it's a, it can be an extremely dangerous job. And, you know, that's not to say that, I mean, certainly no nobody, justification for absolute, this, No, obviously. there's no justification for yeah. it whatsoever. But, I mean, you know, this is a... Um, this is desperation level. But, you know, the here. police, I, I can understand their concerns a little bit. You don't want to tip off somebody that you might be on their trail if you have some sort of an idea that these right. things are linked, connected in some capacity. Right. And, Alan, I mean, mm-hmm. you've covered law enforcement for yeah. a long time. On the other they, hand, they gotta, you have to tell the people who are being targeted agreed. This is that a this balancing is act that's, that's a tough one for, right. for the police I chief. I think what's, you know, I, I think the question is what's, what number is the tipping point? It's funny. Uh, uh, I used to run uh, fugitive uh, photos at once a month at the Detroit News different fugitives and sometimes they would wait for bank robberies bank robbers like the same one to rob like 20 banks before they finally said yeah hey can you run this and i'm like <laughs> why do you gotta wait well, there's 20 25 banks that right. they've, they've robbed and, and i think there's always that balancing act how, how many crimes you wait until but you know obviously this is uh, you know right. any any 
pattern right. there is, is, is certainly a frightening one. And, and we've seen this before all around the country mm-hmm. where we see sex workers who are, you know, been murdered. Like they'll find eight of them and, you know, and, and they've all, you know, been murdered and usually by the same same person, the same guy. So, yeah. Well, and it's, it's it, this. This also just highlights a number of different problems that the city is facing. I mean, you know, you've got infinite numbers of places, with about thirty thousand abandoned houses mm-hmm. in which to stash sure. bodies or for bad things to happen. I mean, it's sort of right. The, yeah, I, I saw that uh, Mike Nevin, the firefighters union president, was quoted in the news saying this happens like they find bodies in abandoned buildings all the time. And um, I mean, I don't know how often all the time is but it makes sense i mean people shelter in them in cold weather yeah. there are squatters the wire the wire, yeah. the yeah. wire yeah, the did a season. big thing about all these abandoned homes in I mean, baltimore it seems like it's, yeah where yeah. they were boarding up but and the they nail had certain guns, bolts yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah there were certain nails or bolts or whatever and uh it's yeah. it's no, an it's, obvious place to stash you know right no, there's no shortage yeah uh, uh you know. Let's move on to a couple of other stories. Uh, Interesting week for Fiat Chrysler. We won't necessarily get into the whole merger thing because I'm going to deal with that on Monday. Uh, That fell through for Fiat Chrysler. They're going to merge with Renault, but that just sort of dropped. Um, Somebody was telling me that one of the issues was uh, the unions are very strong in uh, France. France. And plant closures. Politics in France is is a big problem. There was some concern that uh, Fiat Chrysler wanted some guarantees that there wouldn't be plant closings. And I think... Right. Renault did. Renault did. Renault wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you look at the protests that have been happening in France... Right. I was just going to say, this is what the Yellow Vest protests are all about. And it's the same same sort of... This sort of uh, uprising of the working class um, all over the world, you know, which is don't find your, your... efficiencies on in our livelihoods essentially well the other thing that they announced though is that yes they they suggested that they want to give preference to detroiters for hiring at the plant but they warned everybody that uh <laughs> they're going to be testing for weed which of course is legal now in michigan mm-hmm. uh right. and even people with a prescription you're not going to get a job if no. if you're smoking pot and right. and the weird thing about pot is that obviously it stays in your system for a long time even if you haven't smoked it right mm-hmm. in a long time so this is something we're going to have so, to work out. There's going to have to be better testing. It's, well, I think also sure the, there's, there's well, uh, schizophrenia, and there has been for quite a while with marijuana uh, at the federal level, state level. And I think right. finally during the Obama administration with Eric Holder as the attorney general, they decide, they basically told the DEA, hey, lay off these little pot bus. And, uh, you know, well, I mean, to, they to also day, said, there's they a also lot of, told the states that were legalizing it. Do you do you? We're not going to interfere in this, right? And, so. and then Jeff Sessions came in and said how you know horrific yeah. marijuana yeah. is and how dangerous right. of, of a drug it is, and so it's been so there's been such. I mean, eventually we have to have uh, one law that you know we shouldn't be able to the federal the Fed shouldn't be able to trump so to speak, uh, low, you know state law. And uh, yeah, I mean, look for a long time. I mean, pot has been. Legal in all these little communities, Huntington Woods, I think Berkeley, Ferndale. Detroit. Yeah. And, Detroit and, and yet it's still not cool to, you know, it's like you're not supposed right. to be able to buy it anywhere. Right. I know. And so it's just kind of a ridiculous right. inconsistency uh, you know, there. I'm skipping ahead. Because you mentioned Huntington Woods. Uh, Another story that's on deadline this week, uh, Huntington Woods, 
again, became the first city in Michigan to ban gay conversion therapy. Uh-huh. I have a feeling there will be others that follow <coughs> suit. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a ban on it statewide at some point in time. Is there a lot of gay conversion therapy that even goes on anymore? I, I mean, no, most I, I'm not reputable, sure. well, reputable therapists, I believe, would never do something like this. Um, I imagine at the well, clergy a lot of things, level... That's the whole thing. That's where right. a lot of this stuff is happening. Right. At the clergy level, maybe not... Um, I mean, so. what, I imagine driving through Huntington Woods and seeing like clergy standing at the corner, you know, monitoring people, <laughs> talking to them, and handing out literature. Right. And you know, Huntington Woods finally saying enough, enough. with this gay conversion stuff. Let's <laughs> put an end to it. I, but I it mean, doesn't it like, bad. How, how did like Huntington Woods come up with that? Well, that, they're trying to. I mean, it's I don't know it's how much symbi- it's, it's more. It sends a message about what your community is and, and that you're welcoming you and and yes. all that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, right. for one. Gay conversion therapy doesn't work. No. Uh, and if anybody wants just to, to watch something really, really funny about this, one of the best South Park episodes ever is when they sent Butters to the Pray the Gay Away camp. And he has his accountability buddy. We don't, why do we need to always bring up South Park and Family Guy on this, in this website? I, because, because South Park matters. Satire gets through to people. It gets through to people. Do you remember the famous um, cover of Time Magazine about gay conversion therapy? Um, and it featured a couple um, posing as Grant Wood's American Gothic, I believe. And it was a man who had been gay or claimed he had been cured of homosexuality and his wife, who was a lesbian. And not too long after that, he was arrested in a D.C. bar, <laughs> <laughs> gay bar, you know, cr- cruising somebody. Yes. So, I mean, you know, there's like there's. Come to terms with who you are, and just let's all accept one another and and who we love. I mean, all those. Who, what, what were the, uh, the the men who all came to D.C. as sort of this the Million Man March? No, no, it was oh. uh, there, there were something. Oh, the Promise Keepers. The Promise Keepers. Yeah, oh, right. it was so, so funny. I was working at the at the Washington Post at the time, and uh, I get sent over. They say, "Hey, uh, we heard there's a lot of these Promise Keepers. You know, they're supposed to be good Christian men coming together and." <laughs> Unity, and they say, "Hey, uh, they sent me to a topless bar." They said, "We heard they're all hanging out at this topless bar on uh, K Street." And I went over there and I talked to the manager. He said, "Yeah, there were a group here earlier, but I don't see any right now." Yeah, they, so. they're doing research. <laughs> sure. They're doing important research. Yeah, they're telling their wives, the na- "Look, this is all about <laughs> in the nature know, of community." Our moral decline. And- no, I followed Benny in there to pull him out. Right, that's right. right. That's right. He was sinning, and yeah. I needed to save him. Uh, Okay, so one of the speaking of interesting me. behavior, uh, yeah. State Representative Larry Inman, uh, of yes. course, is uh, he's from Traverse City area, uh, Republican. He has been asked to resign or had been being pushed to resign because he was indicted for accepting bribes. Right um, now, he they have backed off of that, saying, "Okay, well, now that he's getting treatment for opioid addiction, he says he's been had a problem for a long time." They're backing off on their threats to, uh, you know, force him out, mm-hmm. hoping that maybe just his personal issues require him to step down at some point in time but it seems like i don't you know, know what do you think does that explain what he did is he trying to say that i i was high when i made these decisions to, I, to it's a good question i mean you know we've we've been we've been uh, there's been a very strong and generally praiseworthy movement in this country over the last few decades to um Except that that uh, addiction is a disease. Okay, it's not a character flaw or a moral failing. And he never did say he had an addiction. He just said he is seeking treatment for. Um, that was an old 
uh, thing in Washington. Anytime somebody got in trouble, either they were like hitting on pages right. or they were doing Checking something illegal. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to rehab. And I was saying, right. I was taking a wide story. stance in an airport bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was, I was telling the story that I, I, I wanted uh, one of the cartoonists at the Washington Post to do a little cartoon where it had when Saddam Hussein was on trial in Iraq. And you have the judge saying, Saddam Hussein, you've killed 5,000 Kurds. What do you have to say for yourself? And he'd say, I'm checking into rehab. <laughs> you know, and it's, it seemed to be the go-to line there. So when I heard this, the guy's getting treated for opioids for what? For Well, the Republicans might think he was probably under the influence of something when he was willing to trade his vote on prevailing wage, which is their favorite thing in the world. Under the influence of greed. (laughs) Yeah. Under the influence of greed. That's exactly (laughs) it. Uh, Let's stay uh, statewide politics for just a second. John James has decided that he wants to jump into the U.S. Senate race, Mm -hmm. although technically I don't think it's going to be official till the next calendar year because there's all sorts of rules about fundraising and stuff like that. But uh, he announced on Fox and Friends yesterday that he's going to take on Gary Peters um, in the U.S. Senate, suggesting that Gary Peters has low name recognition and therefore he's vulnerable this time around. And he only lost only by six points to Debbie Stabenow, which means that something could happen. Well, I think, you know, in the Stabenow race, uh, she was a a sure, sure winner until she decided that she was a sure winner and she stopped campaigning as much as she should have. And in the night uh, of the election, she was actually scared because he was ahead. Uh, briefly and stuff like that, but I, I think he's a shameless pander. He, you know, he called the uh, he, he was taking the Donald Trump play card of, uh, you know, calling the Democrats a godless party. Right. They ran an ad which he it, it was by a pack, but he basically uh, calling con- abortion condom- black genocide. Yeah, black yeah, right. genocide. And, and, and at that point, I thought like this guy has no shame. Uh, well, he so. was doing what he felt he needed to do. I think it's interesting. If I were Debbie, I mean. Talk about grading on the curve. I mean, he lost by six points, which in politics is, it's not a landslide, but it's very decisive. Yeah. Okay. And because that, but because that was the smallest win percentage that she had had since being elected in 20, uh, 2000, um, that was considered like, you know, a great performance by John James. And so now he's he's going to take on, yeah, for first time. And now he's going to take on Gary Peters and, you know, we'll see what happens. I've heard Gary Peters um speak off the cuff i've heard him speak in you know in a in a speechy situation and he's going to be hard to beat well I mean, you know I've he's watched, a very he's a very he's I, very I think informed. He comes off very thoughtful very informed he is not a high profile senator by any by any means uh he's, well he just he I, needs I, to raise his profile then but i mean i don't it, think but, but john john james i mean john J- it's what's interesting he, he did not resonate very well in the city of detroit uh, which which is significant. I don't uh, understand what his platform is. I mean, every t- it, it, you know when he was running against Stabenow, it was uh, vote for me because I I will back our president all the way. And so I'm a veteran. And I'm a veteran. It's like I am. I don't know. And Gary I, Peters is in the Naval Reserve, if I'm not mistaken. So you I'm going to keep this like, a light rant. Okay, I am tired of the I am not a career politician. Vote for me. It's like. Hey, I want a career dentist to work on my teeth. I want a career car mechanic to work on my right. car. It's like, can we just once in this country reward competence? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I, people have been I, I underestimating agree. Gary Peters for years. I mean, yes. you know, and, and, and Debbie so, Stabenow. And, and he just keeps winning. So, I, right. I mean, I first met him back when I was covering the Capitol in Lansing. He was the first term in the state Senate when I was just a, a rookie reporter up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you he's know, very bright. Watched, I've yeah. watched his career go. He just keeps moving up. I know. He's not flashy. 
but he is, you know, he's he's very competent. He understands right. the issues. And, and he uh, and he did well. He did yeah. have the good fortune of running against Terry Lynn Lamb the last yeah. time. You know, and, so. and he's avoided scandals, right? You know, yeah. which is always good. Yeah, well, absolutely. That was a good one. Well, let's let's stay on politics for just a little bit because Warren, what? Warren politics yeah. are, are wonderful, obviously. Yeah. You know, we spend a lot it of time is. talking about the mayor of Warren, but I, I learned a lot. I, I don't pay that close of attention to Warren, and I should, because it is one of the largest cities in the state. Uh, third, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, their city council have Chad found a way Sol- to get Wesky's, around their own rules about term limits. Chad Selweski's column on that was uh, – I edited it. It was a joy to read. Um, but, you know, he did a – yeah. Because and what you're zero, was, I don't know if you saw that. It's been reversed now. Yeah, what has this the, morning, the that, appeals court let them the run appeals, again? You're yes. The appeals oh court it's on like Thursday. Today. Right. Oh on Thursday. Then. All right, here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. In 1998, they passed term limits in Warren. Okay, there are people who have been on this on the council ever since, kind of dodging this term limit, and they got apparently some. Um, uh, uh, opinion from the city attorney, which they asked for, according to Chad, via an intermediary. And the David Grimm, the city attorney, came up with this idea that um, because they also went to a district system, um, yeah. system that there were, that the five on who represented districts is one were one type of or one branch exactly. of the city council, and the two at large were another branch, similar to like a bicameral legislature. Exactly. Which and so, just as in Lansing, clever. you can serve so many years in the House and so many years in the Senate, they decided that you could serve a few years as a dis- district rep and then a f- 12 more as a at-large rep and for a total of 24 years, which is like on a city council. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and, and So what's going on in that city council that you want to be there for 24 well, years? Because I've right. been to a lot of city council meetings in oh my, my career. Gosh. I can't imagine doing that every day. There's a reason that I don't We've never I, run for one of those. Offices. It is truly service. It is a totally thankless job because you just you you show up once or twice a month to have people yell at you. Um, depending, but there, on, there is status in the community. I think. I guess there's some and, status, and, but and you I have mean, some privileges. I, everybody I've known yeah. who's been who served at that level, Get out of school board, tickets. I, you know, it's Warren speeding yeah. tickets, city council, whatever. They all they all quit after a couple of years. Going, I got better things to do with my life. So there you go. A couple terms. But I would think you know, you're a city council member. Something happens you don't like, and you call up the police department and say. You call the chief and say, hey, we need to address right. this. So there, were, there was some influence there, and you have friends who say, I'm going to call city council member so-and-so, and mm-hmm. I think people like to feel important. And yeah. So. Well, yes, but it's still – it's Warren. I mean, there's there's never anything normal that happens. Forget it, Jake. Politics. It's Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the fact that we're there, I, I don't know. I just yeah. it's, it's cracking me up a little bit. Uh, all right, where should we go? We've got just a couple of minutes left here. Um, some things that I wouldn't mind getting to here. Uh, ex-airport official. Now, now, we talk about public corruption. I don't know if you saw this, but the ex-airport official, a $5 million bribe and kickback scheme, he was convicted in Detroit this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this the guy who ate the cocktail napkin? That's <laughs> – there you go. This is the guy. Uh, that was a good guy. story. He was a field inspector at the airport, and he was apparently uh, engaged in multiple schemes uh, to defraud the airport authority at the mm-hmm. time. So basically, the you amount- had to go through this guy to get what you needed, and he took advantage of it. The amount of money that he made is astonishing. That's impressive. Was it five million? He should have been director. Yeah, he's that smart. (laughs) Turkey and Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, five million dollars—that's impressive. And then supposedly uh, uh, he left the job in 2014. In 2017, he went to work for West Bloomfield as like in their sewage department or something. And one of the guys who was involved with the scheme to get kickbacks from—he started that up in West Bloomfield. So. Okay. 
Uh, and it's important for our public officials to supplement their salaries. Isn't right. It? <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, and, and lastly, um, the measles outbreak is now declared over in Oakland County. Yay. 44 cases, four months long, uh, an unnecessary outbreak mm-hmm. um, and one that freaked a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Particularly young children who have, are not old enough to be vaccinated. Have we learned any lessons from this? I have. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of them. I, When I posted this uh, on our Facebook page yesterday, I kind of did three, two, one and waited for um, one of our usual suspects who always steps in to, you know, to to counter vaccines. But, um, you know, for my for my money, there's a shot out there. I'm getting it. So I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm tough as I'm tough as a grapefruit skin. I could you could put anything in me. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, stuff that we're going to be looking forward to next week that we expect maybe some movement on. We might actually see some movement on on road funding Mm -hmm. uh, beyond the idea that came out yesterday to potentially sell the Blue Water Bridge because we know how well private ownership of international crossings has worked out so far around (laughs) here. And we know who would be first in line to to buy that share. And and also potentially some movement on education funding and whether or not the legislature gets serious about fixing some inequities there. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that they will, but these are things that we're going to be looking at. I'll be talking about them next week on the show for sure. Also a lot of automotive news as well. But look for all your news at DeadlineDetroit.com. Alan Langle, thank you very much for being here. Nancy Derringer, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Lucido as well for engineering this broadcast today. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back next week. Hey, the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible by Samaritas, which is the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. But they do a heck of a lot more than that. They've been serving homeless families persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They're also one of the largest resettlement agencies in the state. They provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families. And they also have skilled nursing, memory care, and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac, and Saginaw. Samaritas, thanks for their support. Great organization, doing great stuff all around the state.